What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh tonight. And, you know, okay, let's go. <laughs> Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, one of the craziest sequence of events we've seen in, a, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle. Back to Kurt. Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> wow, that was some high energy coming fast and hot from uh, Mike there. I, I was half expecting you to just come out of that and be like, all right, and you can find us at Mongols. Thanks to our sponsor. <laughs> 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 I Man. thought you'd come back all energized after your vacation. After, <laughs> after my parent-teacher conference that you guys talked about on the show? Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah, bar crawl. I mean, parent-teacher <laughs> conference. <laughs> I felt I was, like honestly, I heard that and I was laughing, and uh, and I, you know, my mom who listens to the show was like, I thought that was hysterical. I thought it was so funny. I'm like, you know the situation. That's not what was going on. Uh, what just, made it even better is like you felt the need to like write out a whole explanation about what you were doing. I know. Like I felt like I got your itinerary for like the week. You did. <laughs> like, you did. Yeah. After I came back, I felt like I had to justify that I wasn't actually just hanging out at the bar. Yeah. No. So we we homeschool. I'm about to give everybody else the itinerary now too. We homeschool <laughs> and uh, and basically there are different um, things that are available to kids who homeschool. So one of the things that they did all last year was we're like five minutes from St. Vincent College. On Friday afternoons, they have this program where there are students at St. Vincent who are going for education. And so they'll pick different courses that they want to teach. And so the kids get to go to St. Vincent. I think it's free. And they'll spend the afternoon there, you know, learning two or three different classes from college kids. And uh, that's not what this was, but it was something similar where there was, you know, another set of... uh, like a homeschool type group that meet like twice a week and they do crazy science experiments together and uh, and go on field trips and things like that. And so we were basically just going to check that out and see what it was like. Um, so it's like, hey, homeschooled kids, look, there's other little humans in the world. Exactly. Socialize. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, so no, that's where we were. But I'm I'm it, you know the intro may not let on to that, but I am happy to be back. Um. Yeah, you guys did a good job. I enjoyed the show. <laughs> was it weird listening to the... Uh, was that like one of your first shows actually listening to you without being the person who was hosting it? Uh, no. There was one earlier that was just a few weeks ago that Laura Ellen hosted. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, it is It is always weird because like, typically what will happen is, is I'll we'll record the show, I'll edit it together, and then I'll re-listen to it the following morning. Um just to make sure that everything like sounds okay like if we were really professional i'd listen start to finish before posting it to the world but i'm like ah, it's nah. fine um so i listen to it after the fact and then i'm like oh, i'll fix something before 90 percent of the people listen to it and so it was weird like sitting and actually listening to the show not knowing what you guys were going to talk about next um but no it was good i thought you guys did a really good job with uh you know there was no game this weekend so you know josh how did you i saw you had uh, some mulch going on at your house you yeah, were adulting some, this weekend? Yeah, th- that, that was the boring part of the weekend, but the cool part was on Friday, went to a beer tasting thing. Um, it was, I guess there's a booklet that came out for like going on a uh, local brewery tour, um, so they give you like a passport book that has all the different breweries, and you get stamped every time you go to a, one of the breweries, so they had like a release party for it, 
so it was over at Northside uh, near the Allegheny Mall. Um, but it was this really cool, like all these different local brewers got together and they made like one special beer each, like every three of them got together and made a special beer that you can only taste there. So it was a bunch of beer tasting of these like one-off beers that they, they collaborated with. Um, so that was a lot of fun and they had eight ounce, uh, sampler glasses. So, whew, that's a lot of sample. <laughs> <laughs> they gave you 10 tickets. Like here's 10 tickets. You can't have any more than 10. I'm like eight ounce times 10 yeah i'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um kev i always feel like i should ask you what's going on and you always go i'm not you know better than that i know i also adulted i had some olives this weekend so um that's that's my weekend you and your olives olives yes yeah okay haven't I haven't I said this on yes. the podcast yet? Probably I probably yeah, dazed out or something like that when you. <laughs> Kev, you you'd be proud. Uh, your youngest nephew um, was like who's six years old, came into our room today, and uh, the Patagonia catalog that came in today was sitting on the bed, and he he just picked it up. He's like, "Is this Patagonia?" And like every page of like mountains, of, where is this? What is that? I'm like, "You're six, like dude, go play Legos." I mean. I appreciate it. What the hell's Patagonia? I don't even know what this is. Patagonia is a, uh, it's like an outdoor clothing company. They just opened a store in in Pittsburgh. Oh, wait. Yeah, you guys talked about this before. Never mind. Yeah, I I ran into Casey there without knowing it was Casey. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you encouraged this, Mike. You got me the the book of like how the company became a company. It was a good book. It was a good book. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I got no segue for this, but I just wanted to, to... mention and this is this is in no way like tooting our own horn i don't want this to come off feeling uh like anything really but i just wanted to acknowledge the fact that um more or less like a thank you to the fans i think last i checked we were at something like 980 some followers on twitter which there are a lot of tactics that you can use to quickly grow a Twitter base. And we sort of made the decision early on not to do any of them um, and just sort of see what happens. So really that's 980 some people who just went out and said, Hey, we want to, you know, be part of the conversation. Um, And uh, so quickly approaching a thousand will be exciting when we get to a thousand. And again, when you look at Twitter, you look at any social media, a thousand is like a drop in the bucket. But I just wanted to make a point of saying, you know, we're grateful for every single one of you that have contributed and been part of the conversation in one way or another over the past few years and on Twitter and, and on the show and everything like that. So just thank you to everybody. You know, we should say thank you more often. But, um, you know, this was just a case where uh, realized that that number was getting up there and just how grateful we are for all the support and the conversation and the continued growth and all of that. So thank you, everybody. Um, enough of the mushy stuff. Guys, the Hounds drew 1-1 with Tampa on Wednesday, which feels like it was, like, years ago. Um, I guess I'll start with the takeaways because I wasn't here on the last show. Gosh darn it. Um, I was torn in this game because... I really wanted to say that this was a case that the Hounds didn't play well. But the more I think about it, I think this might have just been a case of Tampa playing well. Where Tampa's a... I mean, player personnel-wise, Tampa is a good team. Like, I, it, 
this will go down as one of the big mysteries is how Tampa is so far down the table at this point in the season. I mean, they just haven't won games, but like they have the the resources to be winning many more games than they are. And this is a case clearly where they came in and said, we're going to be perfectly content with a point. We just don't want to walk away with nothing. So we're just going to sit back and be organized. And the Hounds really couldn't counter at all because there was nothing to counter. They always had bodies behind the ball, and we just couldn't move up quickly. And so there are a lot of things that I think the Hounds need to work on because my concern is that this is the not this is not the last time we're going to see a team try to do this to us this year. But I don't necessarily think this is a case that the Hounds were playing terrible. I think Tampa may have played up and did what they had to do. Kev, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I think what last week I mentioned, um, how it, it felt like recently in, in recent games, especially at home, uh, this is the kind of first instance instance where we as fans get to experience what it feels like to pretty much have a target on our back. I mean, for you know, in, in recent memory, you know, we've pretty much any team that would come up against the Riverhounds would think they can get something from the game. Um, and with the season that we're having and, and you know, the, the defense that we have, Nico Brett being in the running for a golden boot, yeah, teams are turning up and, and saying, that's fine, we're happy to walk away with a point, and, and that's completely new to us. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think it's more of a calibration that we as fans have to make. Um, just because so many of these players have played elsewhere in previous seasons and Lily has been used to, you know, different different approaches by different teams and all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, no, it's, that's, I mean, the, the stats suggest that um, and, and our kind of, you know, perception of the game also uh, suggests that as well. So I think it's just, it's, unfortunately, it's something we're going to have to get used to. Josh, how do you feel after this one? Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing just because of the fact that we, you know, let the game get away from us. I think the Tampa Bay goal came in like around the 70th or something minute. So it, it's, you don't want to see giving away late goal be the reason why you lose the game. Or not lose, but, you know, why you don't get the three points. Um, so it sucks. It sucks uh, letting it go in late. But at the same time, this is kind of a replay of the game before this. It, it's one of the situations where, like you are saying, Teams are coming in trying to park the bus on us because they just want to get out with a point and maybe get us on a counter to get the lucky goal to, you know, get sneak out with three points. So that that's their mentality. And I, I know um, Lily said that, you know, he felt like Tampa came in trying to get three points, but I didn't really feel that. I, mm-hmm. I personally, you know, and he, he was he didn't say it was a victory, but, you know, saying that this is something they needed they needed three points so the fact that they didn't get it was a a, you know mini victory per se and i i don't i don't feel that way at all about this because this was definitely our game to win tampa's not the greatest team in the league right now they haven't won a game in like five matches so it's one of the situations where they're on the downturn not the up and we should have been able to capitalize on that well and, and i think lily's comments you mentioned there um, about Tampa, come, you know, he thinks Tampa came to win it. I think his lineup definitely suggests that. I mean, the fact that once again we go kind of three at the back with Zemanski and Dabo um, both sitting, both who I would call more defensive-minded midfielders. Um, I mean, this you know that's this isn't a back four that's extremely attacking or, or anything like that at home. So I think whether or not that's how the game actually plays out, I think Lily was definitely expecting 
Tampa to maybe come at us, which makes sense. I mean, if they, if they want to make a playoff push, they have to pick up points. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of a tough one to call. But I mean, that's something that we're gonna have to get used to or try to adjust to is teams not necessarily trying to get the win against us. Um, I I think it was actually on Backyard Footy uh, the last episode. Uh, they were talking. Uh, he was talking to Kerr. Um, and I, I thought I can't remember who said it, but someone said something about uh, you know the coach is always saying to don't force it forward if there's nothing there, be okay with passing it to the sides or passing it back to try to like loosen that knot to get it forward. Uh, so don't don't try to force it. That works when the team is trying to attack and try and get the ball away from you. But if they're just happy with letting you be in the midfield, passing it back and forth, they're just going to pack it in and you're not going to get anything. To go forward um so it's almost like you know rocking a hard place it's it's one of the situations where we're so used to being that team who is able to tease out the knot and try to get it forward you know on a counter or just you know on an air by the other team and that's what teams are now doing to us so it's how do you how do you compete with that yeah it, you know I don't want to diverge too much away from this game because I do think that there's some other talking points that we can into. But, you know, Josh, to your point, I sort of looked at the games that we have left for the season. We only have 10 games left. We get Indy twice, home and away, Cincy twice, home and away, and then Bethlehem, Louisville, Penn 15, Charlotte, Atlanta, Red Bulls 2. Louisville and Cincy are both above us in the standings. So you can pretty much expect those games are probably going to be some good back-and-forth battles. I don't think anybody's going to be playing for a draw there. Steele is in fifth place, seven points from the playoff line. Indy is in sixth. Red Bulls are in seventh. And both Penn 15 and Charlotte are six points below the playoff line. The only team that we got to play in the next 10 games that is definitely not making the playoffs is Atlanta. And the teams other than Louisville and Cincy are likely going to just come in and think, don't drop points. Like, just go for at least a point. And so we're going to see this a lot over the next 10 games. And our ability or inability to be able to break something like that down could very well determine whether or not we finish as a top four team or not because Louisville just leapfrogged us in the standings. They're now second, and uh, Charleston is right behind us. So it's going to be tight down the stretch. Yeah, and I think this kind of goes back to looking at the kind of lineup for this game. So so I wanted to kind of pose a question to you. I'm not trying to – you know, I'm – I'm sure Mike Kirk is a good guy. He's a you know new keeper in a tough situation and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but I'm not I'm not I'm not sure Dan Lynn lets that goal in um, against Tampa. And I think I have a feeling if Dan Lynn's in goal, we win that one nil. And that's kind of been the blueprint for us all season. It's fine if we can only score one goal because our defense will kind of take care of things. And you know that that's worked thus far, um, but. I think, uh, you know, if, if, if Fleming's goal, you know, against us was kind of an outlier, because, I mean, look, granted, I forget, one of our center backs go up for a header and kind of misses it, and Fleming's kind of gets in on net, but it's still kind of at an acute angle, and Kirk kind of comes out and, you know, kind of contorts his body in a weird way, and Fleming just kind of knocks it by him. Um, so you could, you could, you know, I'm not, this isn't like a, full blame on Kirk we could probably do a bit more on the defensive side but I don't know I think Lind Lind pretty much cleans that up no problem we get out of there with a 1-0 win and I think that's fine 
I think the problem is now, though, if that if if more occurrences like that start happening, if we can't rely on our defense coming in, then it kind of that combined with the fact that our biggest issue all season is we only have one goal scorer in Nico Brett might suggest that we almost kind of have to flip this on our head now of no longer we can go in with a blueprint of winning one nil games. We, we might have to, at the end of the season, go in and say, we're just going to outscore you, which is a nuts thing to think about. But when when there's when the safety blanket kind of gets taken away from you, um, you know, look, Canardo Forbes is a really good player. He's not a person who's going to score one and three. And I think that's kind of where, what that position needs to do. Same thing with Francois. Francois has played really well. He had some chances in this game. But what, I think he still only has like four goals this season? Um, that's, that's not enough. And so... Whether it's something like going two up top um, and bringing in Kay or Romeo or someone else to partner Brett to get more goals, I'm just I'm just worried because, like I said, I think in 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 past games, I think we win this one now and and we're fine. Um, but if this is an occurrence that that keeps happening when we're back down to our third third keeper, um, you know, we might need to change some kind of very basic fundamental system type things we, we might have to change those uh going in the uh the last couple of games of the season yeah but i i will kind of push back a little bit about the kirk thing because this this was more of a defensive error with greenspan he's the one that was trying to pass it back to kirk the header was soft he did not get it nearly close enough to kirk uh to kirk to pass it back to him and uh it, the offense you know was able to swoop in and, and get the goal i i i do think maybe a different keeper could have maybe saved that but the the air happened because of uh greenspan's uh header back and it, it, it showed too after the game you know the the kids come out in the field and everyone does the autographs and greenspan was oof, you could tell he was not uh feeling it <laughs> he was not the happy camper um i think it's because he he felt that air was on him and and that's the thing about these games though i mean this is what we're talking about is that each team is just looking for the other team to make a mistake that's all you're you're trying to capitalize on those mistakes so it's not even so much that you're creating offensive opportunities it's that you're waiting for you're kind of lying in wait waiting for the other team to to screw up and then you're capitalizing on that um and that that's what happened this game i I think we could have easily won this game 1-0 if it wasn't for that one mistake that greenspan made and the fact that kirk wasn't able to you know recover from it speaking of offensive opportunities um can we like score on a set piece like please josh we we were talking about this we, we were talking about this a little bit online and i think you posed the question like have we actually and i really want to say no like even if we have i feel like i want to say no um now that I think about it, I can think of maybe one. Didn't Toby Adewale score off of like a botched set piece where he was still up? And but the ball kind of gets knocked around. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like an in-swing corner and we power it in. Yeah, right. it, it, it kind of gets half Hugh, cleared. And, Hugh yeah. scores in a similar way where it was sort of like a corner, and we talked to him about it where it was like, do you go back? Do you stay? What do you do? But it wasn't a clear like set piece goal. Um. Yeah, like, we had eight corners in this game. The Tampa's one. And, like, I don't think any of them were really, like, dangerous on target. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> you would tend to think, you know, with teams that um, are so stout in the defense that you're going to try to capitalize on every single opportunity that you have. 
and to go, you know, really the whole season minus 10 games that we have left and maybe have one or two set piece goals. Like we, that's gotta be an area that you hope that the team's working on in practice. Yeah, I would think so. These are the types of things that I've been looking for this season is trying to see some, some, I don't know, set plays that they've done that they practice and they have, you know, in their head for, for set pieces or for penalty kicks or for, you know, free kicks. It's, it's one of the things where I, it doesn't feel like it's there. I, I hate that harp on Greenspan, but like this guy's six, six, he, he, you know, is usually head and shoulders above everyone else there and can't do a header to save his life. Unfortunately, that's the one part of his game that's lacking. I mean, it's a lot to ask for him because he is, you know, such a good defender where, you know, I don't want to take that away from him. It's just, with that height, you would think headers should be, you know, his forte. And at this point, it doesn't feel like he's ever gotten a goal off of a header. I will. He has no goals um, this season. And he shots on target is two, according to the stats I'm looking at right now. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of disappointing that it just, they're just not there for him. He should be the, the centerpiece of our corner kicks, and it, it just never works out that way. And, I mean, these can be so valuable when you don't have the other players scoring. Like, I, and obviously, this kind of brings up the topic that you were talking about, Mike. But, but yeah, I mean, if you look, we we have nine draws this season. Six of them are nil-nil draws. So you know, it's th- those are, and um, you know, I, I I didn't count up how many wins we have of one nil, but I'm sure it's a decent amount. So, you know. <laughs> We, you know, we go back to the whole, like, you know, Penn FC game, the second game of the season. That could have easily been a win. We couldn't finish. Um, you know, set pieces in these games that were nil-nil, that could have easily been just one not home. In this. And so, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, uh, to me, that's that's my biggest kind of takeaway from this. I mean, you know, Dabo, and I'm, I'm, we haven't talked about it yet somehow. Oh, but So good. Um, yeah, uh, he, he that incredible strike. As great as it was, I mean, you know, we can't, we can't rely on that every every week. Um, you know, I, I, I would, to, to be honest, I'd be shocked if Dabo scores another goal this season. Um, so it's, it's we're going to have to figure out a way to score more, and uh, especially going to the playoffs. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm slightly worried about it. But I don't know. Let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about the Dabo thing. That was incredible, right? Right? That was... That was... <laughs> well, I was, I mean, I was just going to, I was just going to try to spin this. So, you know, I just talked about how I'm slightly concerned because the bulk of the teams that we're playing for the rest of the season are all going to come in and think, you know, let's just get a point out of this. Um, or, or I shouldn't say let's get a point. Let's not get zero is is going to be their thought. So they're going to play for one, and if they get a chance for three, they're going to go after three. Um, but the way that you break down – you know, I'm talking like I know everything. One of the ways that you can break down teams that just park the bus is they're expecting you to try to work it into the box and try to find that perfect pass to Brett and let him finish it. And if they're packing it in tight, you know, you talked about sort of passing it backwards to sort of undo that knot. You got to be taking shots from outside of the box to get these guys to step out of the box and try to challenge you, and that's going to open up lanes. And that's 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 what Dabo did. He just took a shot from outside the eighteen. It made its way through traffic somehow, and it went into I mean, the net. Yeah, Francois tries it. Adewale tries it. I mean, so there there was a couple instances in this game that come somewhat close, but yeah, it definitely seemed like it was something where Lily was saying, "Okay, yeah, get more shots out outside of the eighteen. That yeah, that makes less sense. Yeah, but so my thought is is that. If we're playing all of these teams that are packing it in, 
we may have to resort to more of these long-range shots. And if this is something, I mean, 10 games is a decent amount of time to develop a new weapon in your arsenal. If we've got to take a lot of shots from net and we start putting some of them in, now all of a sudden we have the threat going into the playoffs of being able to score a little bit from distance, and now you have, you know, the guy up top. Kev, you're, you're, you're looking at me like this is nonsense. No, that's great. I agree with you. But, I mean, like, do you think we can do that? I don't. I mean, like, I don't, I don't see – I can see maybe Francois – I mean, Francois seems like he's, he's changing through training. Like, I, I, like, Francois seems like he's a different player now than he was at the beginning of the season. I, I just don't see anyone else, you know. Okay, let me know, let me ask you let me ask you right now. I'll, let's let's play a game. Let's play a game. So, um, I'm telling you that on uh, Wednesday when we play Indy, the Hounds are going to get two goals, and they're not coming from Nico Brett. Who's cool. who's scoring the goals? Own goals? I don't no. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Francois, I feel I feel like Francois, even though he's not you know a top goal scorer, he, he's definitely the, he can be a goal scorer, and he has shown that he is. Um, that that's someone I feel like is our next best as far as who's going to score that goal. Um, tell you who it's not going to be though, it's not going to be Tommy V because uh, <laughs> he isn't going to be in the game. Yeah, uh, he got a yellow card. Yeah, so that means he's now accumulation. He's out of the game. Yeah. It's just something to keep in mind. So, okay, you told me one who you thought it would be and one who you knew it wouldn't be. Give me some. Give me one other person that you think could score a goal from us if you're a betting person. Uh, is Parks playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is where we're at. Kev, who are your two? I, I, I literally don't have them. Okay. Like, seriously, that, that's my point. Is like, Brett's it. Um... You know, I I have flashes in my head of like Dover coming close in a couple games, but that's our right wing back. Um, you know, maybe Forbes, but what he has a goal on this season? I mean, it's 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 not coming. It's it's not it's not encouraging. I mean, and honestly, just sort of thinking through the lineup, top to bottom, the only ones that really come to mind. Francois jumps out because he has more than, like, a goal on the season. And that's not to be little. He's played great. Um, Forbes, just because he takes shots on net. And, Kev, I was thinking Dover as well. But, like, you know. Dover no, has one goal. No one would have guessed Dabo was going to get one this week. Ben Zemanski, I don't see him burying any. Um, you know, Lee maybe you get you know a, a rare set play you know where greenspan or roberts or toby but you, get on you're, the end you're of clutching it. at straws i am I mean, that's the i point. am there's yeah. there's no i mean yeah there's there's no fallback there so it's it's tough so so that goes back to if we keep playing the way we're playing then we need clean sheets period yeah. um and you know it's you know, fine. If if we trust, we can still do that. Although it feels lately that that hasn't really been the case. I mean, what we've we we had we we shut out Charlotte uh, last the two games ago, and then we shut out Richmond, which was five games ago. Um, and then you're you know then you start going back. I mean, so it, it's not like. And it felt well, like in we, the middle I mean, of the we, season we, we shut were... out Toronto and yeah yeah but uh, but 
But you're, you're, <laughs> you're starting to go pretty far back. And it, like it felt like at the beginning of the season and earlier on in the season, you know, we were we were shutting teams out left, right, and center. I mean, what we we don't let in a goal for the first four games, um, which you know, that doesn't that that doesn't seem like it's real at this point. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I thought that was supposed to be the positive part of the show. I thought we were talking about all the good. Remember that dance? I'm worried. That, uh, I'm worried. I'm, I, I, that was a great dance. That was a gr- <laughs> that I, I, th- was a I think dance. I think we have it in us to maybe do something different, but I don't know. Uh, something in well, me has I, has lost a little bit of confidence in our ability to just win one nil week in week out. Well, and, Kevin, and, and that, honestly, I think that's because. Not only the goalkeeper injury, but because now teams are identifying us as a top team in the East and are happy with the point, and so that changes how they play against us. I think those two things have have driven, driven me to the point of now being concerned. Whereas earlier in the season, I felt like, yeah, we can keep doing one nils. Now it's gonna get more difficult. Um, not to like, I don't want to really rain on anybody's parade, but. Not that we're having a parade right now. Either. I was say, we're uh, all <laughs> what parade? The pity parade? There's no parade. Um, I'm, I'm just going to start you know, using random metaphors that make no sense at all, just for the heck of it. Um, this feels terrible, and, and I almost feel bad saying it, but does anybody else feel like whenever you see that we're going to sub in Romeo Parks that we've basically just given up on the game like we've just conceded that the score is what the score is going to be i hate to say that because look i mean we've had romeo on the show we've talked about him ad nauseum here before but it just feels like when he goes in it almost feels to me like the coach is saying like i'm i'm happy with the final score like this this is what it's going to be because more often than not it almost doesn't even feel like he helps you he actually hurts you which it's just Maybe I'm. Am I being too harsh? Am I, Kev? Am I being too harsh? My, yeah, my natural gut reaction is is yes, you're being too harsh. Um, but am I? <laughs> but no. But no. You have like the numbers on your side, right? I yeah. mean, like how many times? Yeah. I mean, so how many times does it work and all that kind of stuff? So yeah, I mean, like I can agree with you on that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if you put yourself in Lily's situation, like what else is he supposed to do? Like it's. Look, you know, we need goals from somewhere. We're not getting him on the field. He turns to his bench and thinks, "Okay, here's a guy who at least has done it." I mean, you know, maybe maybe instead of maybe you pivot from Parks to someone like Chin or or, or something or, or K, but I don't know. He, I mean, he has to be doing something in training that keep keep catching uh, Lily's eye. I mean, something to keep in mind. Okay, so we have 29 goals on the season right now. 13 of them have come from Brett. We have other goals. I know it's not like consistent among who it is, and Parks has three of those goals. So it, it is possible that these goals come from other people. Uh, granted, some of those came from Kerr, and he's no longer in the game because he's injured. But <laughs> how many goals still... does Kerr have? I'm just, I'm, I'm, this isn't me having it. Like, I'm just trying to literally. I don't think do it's a lot. But I think it might be like more than one. Okay. Um, but <laughs> that's pretty much everyone else's goals, though. Like I think you know, like I said, uh, Parks has three goals right now. But he has also played consistently, you know. So if nothing else, he draws a defender away from uh, Brett. You know what I mean? Like, it, it does something. I know it's not much. I mean, if I'm it, the other team, I'm like, go ahead, dude. You go run. Like, I'm not I'm not concerned. But I, I he can saying. score. I that's mean, he can that's do the it. point. I mean, like, what else, what else do we do then? 
Because, like, obviously, you know, we're getting to the end of the game. Things aren't working out. We're not scoring. So, so which is fine. Like, if you take the perspective of you have enough trust with of, of the guys out in the field already to kind of figure it out in the last 20 or 15, that's, I mean, that's a completely valid kind of perspective to have. Um, I just, I, I, nine times out of 10, I probably don't share that. Um, but, yeah. Wait, you don't share what? Share that perspective of of just hang in there. The eleven guys on the field will figure it out in the oh. last twenty or fifteen. Yeah, you're saying mix um, it up. Yeah, do something. Yeah. We we sat on two substitutions against the Rowdies. Uh, we only subbed out Zabanski in the seventy seventh minute. That's it, and that was to bring in uh, Parks, uh, which kind of felt like you guys were saying a little bit of desperation there. It was just like ah, I don't know, Parks, you try it, I guess. But I don't know. That that begs the question: Is that because there's not you know, two other guys on the bench that are worthy of coming out there and doing something better? Or is it because we were just happy with the point? You know, it, 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 it's hard to tell where Lily's head was at there and why he decided to leave two subs uh, I, open. I, I will say, like, I feel like next season, um, the, the job is pretty obvious for Lily and the backroom staff of who we need to bring in. I mean, mm-hmm. I like quite happy with midfield, quite happy with the defense. And honestly, quite happy with the goalkeepers. It's just once again, how the heck did both of them get injured? Um, just bringing really good, just bringing a really good insurance policy on them. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's our entire game plan. Forget about <laughs> forget about like results next season. Let's just make boatloads of money on like you know injury insurance on our goalkeepers. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it was not true. <laughs> I I almost feel like though I don't know. And again, this is this is getting into like nitpicking type stuff, but. We've seen good things from Noah Frankie. We've seen good things from Ben Fitzpatrick. I almost prefer to see put somebody in who's trying to I mean you could see it in their face, you could see it in the way that they play. They're desperately trying to battle for a spot on the field. Like let them go out and battle and do that rather than just no, oh, okay, we'll throw in parks. I just it, While I agree with you. I think it's when you're saying, "Eh, let's get some like like let let's look for attack for our wing backs on the bench. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like and, and on top of that, I feel like you look you, you look for your wing backs kind of first and foremost to be strong defensively and then to give your attack support. And I and I think Lee and Dover has been doing that consistently all season. So I think it's harsh to say you guys are on the bench now. We'll pull in oh, someone no. else because these people like might score. But I'm not saying it's got to be like a direct one for one. I mean. Both both Fitzpatrick and Frankie could likely play in more of an attacking midfield position. They just play out wide because they're not going to supplant, you know, a Canardo Forbes or, or a Francois at this point. So just stick them in there with some pace, let them run crazy up top and shake some people up and, and go for it. But, I mean, it just, I don't know. It makes me think that, like, I, I just, I, I honestly don't get it. Um, and I we need to move on. Like I, I just, don't get what. What are you talking about? The, <laughs> this is good. This is therapeutic. Let's no, the go the whole these. the whole parks thing. I mean, we we said this all last season, where it was like it just even if even if you could sit there and say he's got to be showing them something in practice, that's fine. Like this is now you know all of last season where there was like nothing on the field. And literally, you know, Josh, you said he had three goals. Two of the goals were in the same game, and one was technically an own goal. He was just the last person to touch it. And, like, 
it, 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 at what point is it, you know, the whole fool me once, shame on you, fool me 15 games later, shame on me, because it's just you may be great at practice, but that just means you're a great practice player. You got to do it on the field, and he hasn't. And it just ah. the on, the only thing I'll say is if you're saying if you if you can say deep that breaths, about him, then breaths. you have it. You have at least five other players that you can say that equally about. That's my only point. No, I, I feel like the problem is though those five other players were not relying them on as a forward position to score the goals. Their job is is more nuanced than that. Whereas Park's job is to put the ball in the back of the net, and he's not doing that. With you know what I mean, like there, there's something to be said for you know a forwards position and what their their main job is compared to a midfielder, a defender, a wing back. You know, yeah, no, I get the other nuance. things. I, I get it's, the nuance, yeah. but I I think it's just a like a a slightly... like. Would you say that? Would you say that Romeo is also a good distributor? Like, does he distribute the ball very well? Does he? No, not particularly. No. So I mean that's the thing. Like, what, if you're if you're not scoring yeah. goals, you have to have some other value to the team, right? But and, and so I agree with you on that sense. But I think it is just a balancing argument because equally, if we play this kind of let's call it a a five two three, then you then you need those wide forwards to be scoring a heck of a lot more, and they're not. Now you can also say the wide forward positions also do a bit more in defense. And do a bit more for like build-up play and keeping p- possession, but a huge part of their job is still to score goals, and they're not doing it. So yes, you you can say well at least they're doing maybe a bit more off the ball than that kind of central striker is, and that's that's completely fair, and I agree with that. But at the same time, you still get back to the whole kind of core of the argument that they're not scoring enough goals either. Um, so it's yeah, that's true. But I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, the last thing on this is that <laughs> I feel like to Josh's point, they may not be scoring goals, but they're also not actively hurting your chance of scoring goals either. Like, I feel like Romeo makes so many mental errors. Like, he'll just play the ball out of bounds and give the other team a goal kick when we know they're going to waste five minutes trying to take a goal kick. And it's just like, it, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's little things like that where it's actively hurting you rather than just not contributing. And that's where I do feel like maybe there is a little bit of you know we want to place the blame on someone on the field. We want to we want to have some you're wrong someone Josh. to you're wrong. You're so wrong. I, I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that Romeo doesn't deserve criticism. I'm just saying that this isn't a Romeo issue. This is a team issue that we we have other issues besides Romeo. And it, it, I mean let's also kind of step back. We're in third place right now. We're, we're talking about some nuanced stuff here. <laughs> we're not a bad team. Yeah. Uh, we might be punching a little bit above our weight. I think that's fair to say. And I'm also a little bit afraid of these games coming up because four of the attend games are against two really hard opponents with Cincy and Indy. So like yeah, there's there's a lot to be kind of a little bit scared about. Um, I, I I still think we we can finish within the top four. And we need to. And I, I really want to finish within the top two just so that way we get, you know, for sure a home playoff game and we can make sure we're, I guess, all top four get a home playoff game. I mean, so since he's going out in the one. first round anyway, so we'll just have home playoffs all the way Yeah, through. that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 I, I, and I really didn't expect to to further the whole, like, positive spin you just did there, Josh. I wanted to stay in this, like, let's have this nuanced discussion. <laughs> But I, but there's actually a statement that I that you made that I kind of disagree with you that kind of furthers the whole positive thing. I th- you mentioned like you know maybe we're punching above our weight. I actually take the pers- I mean I think we're we're kind of 
punch I, I don't know if this is a phrase but like punching <laughs> below our weight like i like i think we deserve like we're the second best team in the east i fully believe that and and i think it's you know quite literally we're we're crazy injury injuries from our goalkeeper away and having a couple more goals around the field from being like comfortably the second best team in the east and and so so i think it, i think it's not we're playing out of our skin and that's where we find ourselves. I think it's, we're actually, I mean, I think we could do a heck of a lot more. Um, and, and so that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to kind of say, <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is good. And so, yeah, that's my attempt. I, I don't see how you, you can think that we're, you know, worthy of the second place position. We just got in talking about how we have one guy who can score goals and that's pretty much it. Like, I, I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know how, because to win games, you need to I, I, I think goals. it works because nine times out of 10, our defense is just incredible. Um, that's true. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I'll I'll further the positive spin in a way that has absolutely nothing to do with what we just talked about. I was driving around the other day and I was thinking, you know, really like philosophically, like, wow, you know, like the world is a terrible place right now, man. Like it was, it was kind of <laughs> like that. Put a disclaimer on the show and say, like, please drink here, during okay. you listening of this podcast. This is just took a whole new turn. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, like the the world is a terrible place. And I was listening, I was going through all the podcasts this morning and I stumbled upon the latest TED Radio Hour and it was talking about numbers. And they were like, no, the world, the statistics prove that the world is substantially better now than it ever has been. There are some areas where it's not the case, but for the for the majority, like homicides are down substantially, terrorism is down substantially. Like all of these things are really, really good. Are you running but, for president, Mike? No, 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 no. But listen, listen. I have you a got point my to vote. this. It's okay. I, I have ahead. a point to this. But the reason why I was thinking that it's so bad is because it's so easy to discuss the bad things or to pick apart things that aren't going well. You're not going to have a report every year that's like, hey, jobs are up again. Like People are like, super, Like, tell me about what's going wrong. So in this case, it's very easy for us here to sit and pick at the team and try to figure out what's wrong, even though things are going so right. So my point is, is that we're the problem. The Hounds are doing just fine. We are just, you know, we're we're being nitpicky because we want to try to make this team as bulletproof as possible. Like us talking about it is going to make them bulletproof. But finding those holes and trying to figure out what's going to make this team literally, you know, untouchable uh, is 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 sort of what we do. That's what fans do. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, so I think I already mentioned Backyard Footy once, but the, the last episode was awesome. I don't know yes. if you guys didn't listen to it. It had Kevin Kerr, Dennis Chin, and Ben Zemanski on it. And something that Kerr said, it kind of echoes what you're saying. Like, he's talking about these games and how the season has been so great and, like, watching the fans' reactions and seeing them cheering and being like, you go through the dark times and, you you know, he's glad that those fans are still in the in the crowd because he's like, wow, they now get to go through a good time. So you're right. It, it is a lot better than it ever has been. It's just I feel like we're getting so close to not just being a good season, but a, a great season that we're like we're on that cusp. And that's why we're kind of like, how do we get over that hump? How do we get to the greatness instead of just the good? To quote the uh, famous philosopher Harvey Dent, 
The night is darkest just before the dawn. Oh, the dawn is sick. coming. Just stop. That's two. That's two Dark Knight references in uh, two podcasts. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's that's pretty good ratio there. Let's keep it up. I do. I do think it is interesting too. I, I think the other reason why we're being so critical is because we know. I don't know. We feel like this team can take it, deserves more, is better than this, and all that kind of stuff. So that's why we're being nitpicky. And I, and I understand the kind of craziness of me making that statement because I know earlier on in the season, you know, we, we had exact same discussions and I was on the exact opposite side of the fence saying, like, no, this is a great season. Just remember about last season. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, let's just keep talking. And so now I've kind of switched. But Maybe it's because I'm actually fully believing that yeah no we're the we're the second best team in the East and uh, and you know we deserve to to be up there and so you're right that's that's why we're being so critical. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. We've talked for a solid oh you know 45 minutes about this game and and waxing philosophically about the Dark Knight. Um, the Hounds obviously didn't play this weekend, but now we get Indy on Wednesday and then Cincy on Saturday. So let's quickly just talk a little bit about both Indy and Cincy. Josh already mentioned Tommy V picked up a yellow against Tampa, so he won't be available to play against Indy, but he will be available against Cincy. So it was sort of fortuitous they didn't you know wait a game to pick up a yellow and then have to miss Cincy. Last time we played Indy was May 11th. We battled them to a nil-nil draw at Highmark. I went back and watched the highlights of this. Kyle Morton was still the keeper. Like, who? What? Uh, (laughs) Greenspan had not returned yet. So this is like, you know, years ago. Um, How do you approach this one if you're the Hounds? I mean, we're going into Indy. We're probably going to be playing on some crazy football lines. Just brace yourself. Yeah. yeah, Brian Cook wrote an article about that over at uslnews.com about how it's just it's not great. But uh, Josh, do you? I mean, you you got to go for three, right? Or I mean, knowing that Cincy, you're playing Cincy on Saturday. How, what are you doing if you're Lily? Yeah, I mean, okay. So first off, Indy, you got to remember Indy is in sixth place, but. They have 40 points. We have 45 points. It's not like they're that far off us. Yeah. Uh, we do have a game in hand on them, so that's good. Uh, but they're still they're they're not far away from us. Uh, pretty much all the teams in the top eight right now are just super close. Uh, I believe what is it? Louis has 46. We have 45. Then Charleston has 44. So it, it's ridiculous how close it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every point really does matter. And that keeping that in mind, every point matters. I wouldn't be sad with a draw. I know that sucks, <laughs> but Indy is a good team. There's a reason why they're up in the you know top of the the league. Uh, they're they're in sixth place. I I feel like especially having this game and then having uh, Cincy right afterwards, you kind of gotta manage expectations here. We we need to battle the storm, and that means perhaps being okay with two draws. Um, which sucks because I always want to win, but yeah, that's. I mean, you you obviously like we said before, teams are doing dust. You you don't play for a draw. You try to get one in and you play for that win, but you don't leave yourself open for the loss. I would be okay with a point here and maybe a sneaky three points. Kev, how are you? Uh, how are you approaching this? Put on your lily hat. Um, yeah, no, I, I think as Josh kind of alluded to there, I think. Um, the result of the indie game needs to be looked at in the context of the Cincy result. So I think it, you know, we if we get a draw against Indy and lose to Cincy, you know, the draw wasn't that great. 
if we get a draw against Indy and like maybe draw against Cincy, fine. If we get a draw against Indy and we win against Cincy, great. You know, great two, great two games, and we're fine. Um, so I think so much of it is kind of painted in that context as we get ready to to play Cincy. So, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, as I just it, after making the statement that I fully believe we're the second best team in the league, I think you know if we all believe that and if they believe that then there shouldn't be any game barring maybe Cincy that we feel like we shouldn't be taking three points from um so I think that needs to be the mentality every game and it should be the mentality against Indies uh, especially with the with the Cincy game on the weekend um so yeah I, th- I think we need to we need to look to win um, especially, I mean, not only just for the points. I mean, the points are huge, as Josh just mentioned there, how tight everything is at the, at the top of the table. Um, but for momentum, I mean, you know, to, to kind of walk into Cincy with, you know, dare I say a loss or, or two draws on the bounce and, and maybe not playing too well, it's not great. It's not going to do It's not gonna do as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big game. It's an important game. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's, it, no, it'll, it'll be it'll be big. I, I kind of feel like you know an approach to this could be um, sit back a little bit, try to draw Indy out. You know we're at Indy, so maybe they're gonna they're gonna try to bring the game to us. And great, like that's what we want. We don't want them parking the bus. And then maybe you take your chances on the counters and uh, try to let Nico be Nico. And because I mean. Most of the time, Nico's not scoring with 15 people standing around him. Like he's scoring when he's got one or two guys, one or two guys to beat, and that's it. And so I think you try to do what you can there and, and see if we can put two away, but we don't we don't press the game too much. We try to pass it around the back a little bit, try to pass it around the midfield to draw them out to us, and then and then quick strike. One, one thing maybe to look out for in this game, I think what uh, first time we played Cincy in the season, um, I think Lily rolls out kind of a brand-new system, um, and we kind of shock Cincy in the first half, and we go up top, and it's – Everything's great, and so I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Lily's kind of has something cooking, and and maybe does something different in the indie game to to keep Cincy guessing about what we might do. Um, I think we we've been pretty stable and consistent in in recent memory with how we play and how we set up. So you know, I don't know. I, I think it could be time for maybe something different to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I hope I hope so. Anyway. So just kind of thinking through it a little bit more, and this this pains me to say, and I really kind of don't even want to say it, but okay, FC Cincinnati, yeah, I don't. It's gonna be really hard to beat them. It's gonna be really hard to get ahead of them in points. You know, we can probably beat them, you know, on our good day, but they're they're kind of running away with the points right now in the Eastern Conference. So if you if you look at that and say, all right, we're not we're not getting first place. We're shooting for second place. You play your A team against uh, Indy 11. You, you get that win. You get three points. That gives you more points than two points. Getting two draws, you know, in a hard-fought battle in Cincy. Uh, against Cincy, I should say. Um, and then you just you you get the three points at Indy, and that'd be your first concern. And then we'll, whoever's healthy, whoever's feeling it, can play against Cincy. <laughs> I mean, it sucks because that's not the way I want to play against Cincy. I really want to see us beat them as much as possible, especially after getting knocked out of the Open Cup. But ah, it's it might be the tactical better decision is to, to get three points against Cincy and then just don't worry about Cincy. 
Josh is playing chess, not checkers here, guys. Guys, look out. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh, to your point, you know, sort of jumping over to, to talk about Cincy here just a little bit. I sort of looked at if, you know, so we play Cincy twice. We play them this weekend and then uh, a little bit later here in the season. But if, if we win both of those games against Cincy and we win out the rest of our games and Cincy wins out the rest of their games, then we will both have 75 points at the end of the season um which is kind of crazy to think like because we have two we have two games in hand on them um but uh yeah so in theory you know we could end up in some sort of draw at the end if we just take care of business and win the rest of our games from here on out in reality no problem yeah no problem problem. (laughs) 10 games 10 games guys we got this 10 games um but yeah in reality i mean look Kevin's going to be on the Cincy Soccer Talk show um, later this week. Uh, if I was on there, it probably wouldn't go well because I would just end up going ballistic. But Cincy won their last four. Uh, one of the goals they got in this most recent game against Tampa was thanks to a ref who gave them a PK where there was clearly not a PK. Go look at the go go look at the highlight and then go watch all the Cincy fans call you crazy because you said it's not a PK. Um, it's not a PK. It's it, it yeah. It's not a PK. Um, I, I I don't I don't I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about Cincy. Um, look, here's don't, the deal. Don't. Let's just let's just keep. Going. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about Cincy. Um, it, it's going to be a good game, and uh, and if the Hounds go in and smack them in the mouth and and walk away with some points, it's going to be fantastic. I will say this. Any questions that you have for Kevin that you want him to ask the Cincy Soccer Talk guys, uh, tweet them at us, and uh, we will be sure to pass them along to him, and he do, will ask Do them. that ASAP, too, because we're, we're having that chat uh, Tuesday night, so pretty much... If you're listening to the show, it might yeah. be tonight. So yeah. yeah, August 28th, Tuesday, that's when we're having the chat, so try to get them quick. It probably won't be released till later in the week, but we will definitely retweet it um, for certain. So, guys... Um, <laughs> Since I don't want to talk about this game, um, just let's let's do point prediction over. You know, by the time we get to Sunday, how many points have the Hounds gained realistically in your mind? Um, yeah, Kev, what do you what do you think? Where are you at? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, the beautiful thing about the next two games, I think we can get four points and like not be shocked at all. I mean, I, I think like we're not no one's shocked if we beat Indy and draw against Cincy. Um, so that's I mean, you know, as negative as we've been, I mean that's that's definitely on the cards. Um, I mean, two points that that's maybe barely acceptable. Um, I think more reasonably, if we can, if we can win against Indy, then everything else is kind of gravy against Cincy. Although, I don't know, I mean, Cincy is absolutely not impenetrable. I mean, as you just mentioned there, I mean, I, I think Tampa played them pretty close um, in their previous game. Plus, one of their players has a red card, so he's not going to be playing against us. Um, I forget which one. but uh, So, yeah, I, I think two is just acceptable. Um, three is fine. And, and four, I think, is still realistic. Josh? Um... Yeah, I mean, four points is what I'm hoping for. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I'm i not myself. I don't say this, but I, I do think six points is a possibility. I, I don't see why we can't beat Cincy. They're not 
impenetrable. They're not exactly the best team in the world. They have off days just like everyone else. Granted, they've not lost a game in 15 games, but that's besides the point. <laughs> and, you know, also they spend a lot of TAM and GAM money from the MLS to buy really good players. Wait, but... what, what league is that? Is that the one we're in? Is that uh, no, I don't believe it is. I it's believe not... we're in the oh, USL. Okay. Right, yeah, right. Let's, yeah. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> MLS to buy players? Um, but, yeah, so it, it, it would be so fantastic to you know knock them down a peg to be the first l on their score sheet for you know 15 games but yeah i'd be a, i'd be a happy camper with four points i have a lot of other negative things that i could say about cincy but we have to play them one more time after this uh, towards the end of the season so i'm just going to save it for that because it's <laughs> we've we've talked more than enough in this episode um guys anything else in particular that you want to touch on here um yeah, oh, I mean, just it, it's nice what the, the Coppa 90 U.S. people tweeted out or retweeted out Davo's goal. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, that was really awesome. Davo, I mean, if you haven't watched the celebration, Davo, <laughs> he killed it. That was probably the most fun and the happiest I've seen one of the, the players of the Hounds in a long time. And it was infectious. Yeah. And yeah, it, I think I've watched that gift like 100 times at this point. Well, and it was cool, too, that as, as soon as he finished dancing, he ran immediately to Coach Pulisic. Like, there must have been something that they were talking yeah. about or working on in practice, and he immediately ran to him to celebrate with him, which was – that. I mean, that was awesome. That's cool. So, yeah. Um, Josh, you mentioned that uh, Backyard Footy was awesome this week. It absolutely was. Uh, if you missed it, obviously go subscribe to Backyard Footy. The other place you can check that out is if you go to riverhounds.bgn.fm. There you'll find – the latest Backyard Footy episode with Kevin Kerr, Ben Zemanski, Dennis Chin. Plus, Sock Takes had Hugh Roberts on their show, so that show is there as well. Uh, King Jeffrey's writing is there where he's been doing recaps and some player interviews. He did a great piece on, on Joe Greenspan. So riverhounds.bgn.fm, head over, check it out. Lots of stuff. Our, our stuff is there too, but you, yeah, whatever. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're looking for more great Pittsburgh soccer news, head over to pittsburghsoccernow.com. John's been ramping up the college and high school stuff, so if you have – um, you know, kids or you know kids who are playing in the high school and college scene, definitely go check that out. There's a lot of great coverage over there. Uh, and bgn.fm for all the other USL news, or just go to uslnews.com, which takes you directly to the USL news section at bgn.fm. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mongols and at WoMongols. Email us at, B- at Mongols at bgn.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one and send Kevin your questions for Cincy. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very very soon. Cheers. Later. Before you go, please help us to keep doing what we're doing by becoming a supporter of the show. Head over to mongols.com and click on the become a supporter button. For as little as $1 per month, just $1, you can help keep the show commercial free while also getting a say in who we interview, the questions we ask, what we talk about, and you can get some sweet gear as well. Thanks again to all of our listeners for your continued support. That's mongols.com. Click on become a supporter. mongols.com. Become a supporter. Thanks.